Welcome into the Four Feathers Podcast presented by ONTAP Sportsnet. I am your host, Johnny Nani, joined today by Tony Marchese and Ron Luce. Unfortunately, a very dark day in Blackhawks history. Um, findings of the Jenner and Black investigation came out today. Lots of implications to get into in that. Before we do, make sure you're visiting ONTAPSportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Give us a follow on social media at Four Feathers Pod and at ONTAP Sportsnet. Gentlemen, as I had mentioned in my intro, very rock bottom sort of times here for the Blackhawks today. Odd way to start a podcast. Usually we're greeting each other here. Not that same kind of tone today. Guys, uh, significant changes came about today. Initial thoughts. Let's get them right off the bat. Yeah, Johnny, uh, I think you kind of you kind of hinted at this quite a few times in your intro here. Uh, not the uh, normal start to a podcast. I think this one's a little bit difficult for, for all of us to talk about. This is a team that we love. This is a team that we've seen some of the best sports moments in our lifetimes uh, come to fruition. This is a team that uh, I think a lot of people have a lot of good memories around. And today you're greeted with some some not so great things about that organization and what took place uh, during the course of what was a lot of success and something that as, as a Chicago sports fan, um, something that we're not really accustomed to uh, outside of those who were around in the nineties that got to see the Chicago bulls win multiple championships. Um, it's, it's, it's really difficult to talk about the ramifications of what was revealed in the report that came out today. There's a lot of popular names, uh, household names that uh, are involved in that. And guys, it's, 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 it's just, as Johnny said, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to digest what was given to us today as a Hawks fan. It's, it's really difficult to digest that. And uh, I think that there's a lot of discussion that we can have about, what all of that means. Yeah. Um, just kind of echoing what Tony said. I mean, truly appropriate uh, saying the darkest days and darkest hours kind of this organization has seen. Um, it really does feel like everything's kind of come crashing down in a little bit of sorts. Uh, I know we talked briefly off air before recording kind of that rock bottom, um, you know, and it, 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 it is tough. It was a lot to digest. I'm admittedly about 67 pages through the report myself, um, got derailed a little this afternoon, otherwise would have finished it. But uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot of information. It's a lot to digest. Uh, I think, you know, Tony, to your point, whether it's as a fan and just how you view certain names within this organization and the organization as a whole. And, and, and there's a lot of angles and rabbit holes that this whole situation presents. But uh, nonetheless, like you said, uh, normally we're cheers and beers and telling people to crack them. Um, and I mean, if you're cracking and listening to this episode, it's probably because you're upset and, uh, it certainly warrants those feelings. And, you know, like you guys said, we're going to dive into that a little bit here, uh, in this episode. Yeah. Uh, guys, maybe, I guess the biggest thing here is that, um, a, the full report was released as Ron, uh, had alluded to there. Um, and it stems from an encounter between John Doe and Brad Aldrich an assistant coach at the time took place uh, in early May of 2010. 
um, and the sides disagreed on the consent uh, of the sexual activity that went on during that. And from that, um, the fallout is just immense. It, it really is. There are so many bullet points here to dissect. And I guess the first place to start is at the top. Where else can you? Uh, and that is John McDonough, Al McIsaac, Stan Bowman, Jay Blunk, Kevin Chevaldeoff, Joel Quinville, James Gary met to discuss what happened. No action for three weeks. Um, that is the kind of initial sort of thing that kicks off. And that is where the report started when the Blackhawks hosted their uh, conference today, uh, their Zoom media session. And th these are a lot of like Tony's talking about names that are popular within the Blackhawks or very well known. Um, held high-ranking positions, and that's obviously why they were part of this meeting. And it, it really is just hard to digest here. Obviously, two of these names that I just mentioned, um, multiple of these uh, already moved on to different organizations or not in the hockey realm anymore. But uh, of those, Stan Bowman, Al Isaac, no longer in their positions. Uh, nobody involved with that whole leadership group. Uh, is anywhere near the organization now. Stan Bowman stepped aside, Al McIsaac as well. Those were the two last remaining names there. Uh, and, and that leaves a void both, um, you know, in the organizational structure here. Um, and that will lead to uh, Kyle Davidson taking over as the interim general manager here. Um, and obviously much larger topics to tackle than this, but uh, a president, General manager, let go. Um, I think a lot of people wanted Stan Bowman gone, guys. Don't think every, anyone ever expected it to happen in this way. Uh, but the way things developed uh, over this past calendar year, this is unfortunately the way it all unfolded. And, um, and I say unfortunate, and that is just unfortunate uh, for the victims and those affected um, first and foremost. But this leaves a lot of disarray within the Blackhawks organization. I'll leave it there for you guys to jump off there. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, I, th I think that, um, you know, I, I've kind of hinted at this uh, via a couple of text messages that I've sent to, uh, I think it was you, Ron, maybe Johnny, I think it might have sent you this as well. Uh, I, I've wanted Stan Bowman gone for a long time for a lot of different reasons um, outside of, of this, obviously, before I even knew it took place or there was an investigation, uh, what have you. There, there was a lot of reasons for Stan Bowman to be gone. You can even look at activity that took place very recently um, in, in certain trades and, and things that people want to get involved in from a, from a hockey decision standpoint. There were plenty of reasons to sit there and say, Stan Bowman needs to go. Uh, his, his faith in Jeremy Colleton. Like if this was a normal episode, we'd be sitting here saying, I can't believe that there's reports out here right now that Stan Bowman has so much faith in Jeremy Calton because he's his guy and all this other stuff because the Blackhawks have started out so just goddamn poorly uh, this season. And, and that's something that I hope that we get to, to discuss this episode is some on ice stuff. But for it to come to this, for it to come to the Blackhawks organization – being held in such a light within, I mean, not even national media. This is probably like somewhat close to worldwide at this point in time. If you care about hockey, like I'm sure there's people talking about this in, in Russia. Uh, this is a worldwide thing. This is the Blackhawks organization that was at the pinnacle of Chicago sports at the pinnacle of the sports world with what they did winning all those cups. Now in this light, it's, it's just, it's so 
it's 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 difficult, man. It it's really difficult to look at this in the same kind of light that you did before. It upsets me. I guess that's where I'm at with it, Ron. Yeah, I I think based on kind of what you said, Johnny, in terms of obviously the the nature of those let go today and and the magnitude and how high up they were within the organization, I think that just goes to show the failure of leadership in this entire operation. I know we we talked about it a little bit before we jumped on, and you know just kind of at least my thoughts with it is, you know, it starts at the top and, you know, that's John McDonough. That's those, that's those that that were in that meeting. It's truly a a shame that it it could have been handled. This could have been squashed immediately. This is something that the Blackhawks could have done the right way and just taken care of it when it needed to be taken care of. And they didn't. And I think that's kind of where my disappointment lies, you know, and, 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 and Tony, I know you, you have thoughts on this too. I'm sure we'll get to at some point in the show in terms of people's fandom. And we, we see a lot of that being questioned, you know, throughout kind of the, the Twitter sphere and, and, and other social media outlets. But it's like, in this instance, I'm not even looking at this as like the Blackhawks messed up. I'm looking at it as these individuals messed up. Like this is a people thing. This has nothing to do with the logo or the jersey. This is people. People affected by, you know, by people effectively is what it is. And just that it it really is, I mean, disappointing doesn't even fully conceive the the feelings. I think that a lot of people are feeling myself included because it's just like, it's such a failure. I think failure is the perfect word. Like these guys at the top, that leadership that we just discussed, like they failed in this instance. Right, Ron. And uh, it, timely manner is one thing that uh, I think both of you just kind of touched on there. Um, and Ron, you had talked about that, you know, handling it, A, um, just from a moral, ethical standpoint, um, having an obligation to do that, taking care of fellow human beings that you're surrounded with in a workplace there, um, whether that be in a hockey organization, whether that be in a, you know, uh, cubicle company, whatever it may be, does not matter. Um, it needs to be handled in a timely fashion, address it right away. And it would not have come to this, uh, proper changes would have been instituted before. And the people at the top would have shown at least uh, better judgment, better wherewithal to be able to handle the situation and get the victim affected, uh, the resources needed at the time. Uh, and obviously this is a complete drawn out process then that we are talking about now 11 years after the fact, nearly. And it is, it's mind boggling, really, guys. I, I, I'm trying to put words together here as a host. I know I have to try and serve something up for you here, but I can't really sum up anything other than that uh, of these initial points uh, all that were made public from the report. Other than that, mind boggling. I think, Johnny, one thing that it would have done, I guess, uh, from where you guys are going, it was it would have established a track record of credibility from Stan Bowman and, and, and from the Hawks brass, as we've liked to refer to them as uh, the Hawks brass would have had a, a track record of credibility, Ron, if, if, if they had nipped this in the bud uh, when it should have been dealt with, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this before we got on air. Had they decided to act on this way earlier, Stan Bowman might still be your GM. Um, the, the, there's, there's a lot of ramifications that come from the choices that were made within a very short period of time that like Johnny said, we are now sitting here around midnight talking about the choices that were made that were incorrect at the, at at that very moment 
had they nearly made 11 the right, years later. Yeah, nearly 11 years later. And that's, that's something that's, I, I don't even, it, this isn't even just hockey, guys. This is, this is life in general. Certain choices carry ramifications that, that carry on later on in your life. These were, these were bad decisions that were made. How people came to conclusions as to what to do at that certain point in time are now affecting not only themselves personally, the 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 victim involved in the situation, the the fan, the the common person who roots for a, a, a sports team. This is wide ranging. This is very impactful things that took place within this whole entire situation that now affect thousands and thousands of people and how they wrap their head around it. Let's let's not take that out of consideration here that the people who are directly involved in this are, are the most impacted. There is a absolute butterfly effect that was, it started with the act and it continued through from the report, a, a whole lot of people who had the ability to stop the situation in its tracks to go and do what's hard for a lot of people. And then now we're here 11 years later, like Johnny said. I mean, this is this is absolutely so far reaching that it's hard to fathom. And Tony, I think credibility is such a good word in this case because that's kind of a word that's also, you know, of a similar nature that's been thrown around today, and that's accountability. And it, it's just these people being accountable. And it's your job, you know, as as leaders of the organization to do the right thing. I, I think that's what mind boggles me. You know, we just and we discussed it. I think that even goes beyond those names that were at the top. You know, a name that was mentioned, well, not direct name mentioned in the report, but a person mentioned in the report in terms of director of human resources. I think the whole entire idea of them just letting Aldrich walk rather than trying to say something. And this is, and this to your point, Tony, about the, the, the overreaching of, you know, how many people it affects in his next line of employment, Aldrich was accused of sexual against a minor because nothing happened, right? There was just, you lost your job and he moved on. And, and it, it happened then to somebody who, I mean, nobody deserved it in this case, but like that was preventable. Yeah, no, it was. And and that's where I'm I'm trying to preface the statement that I made because I I almost feel guilty saying like we're sitting here talking about this 11 years later like we're some sort of like we're like we're implicated in this or or, or we're we're hurt by it. Obviously we're hurt as sports fans. Like nothing's ever going to take away from from what happened to a specific individual in the situation, but the the acts of 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 so many kind of trickle down to the point where it's like there's a lot of people dealing with this right now. There's people who have uh, Johnny. You're a season ticket holder. You know, like you've made a financial obligation to an organization that now this took place in. How do you how do you like? And then and then there's people out there who want to justify whether or not you're a, like, do you support that? These are real things that are happening right now in the world. Like, how do you support this team? This isn't the Houston Astros stole some signs in the World Series and we're going to make a pinata and destroy him in, in, in lot B and, and make light of it. These are Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane need to go on a road trip at some point this year. And the Blackhawks organization and, and decisions that were made by people above them decisions that were made by themselves they need to go confront this 
And while I still think that, you know, me as a, as a Blackhawks fan, if you, if you remove this situation, which you, you really can't right now, I don't think either of you can remove this situation from, you know, thinking about the Chicago Blackhawks right now, because it's world news. How do you go expect the team to perform? Does, does the Owens uh, there? I mean, Owen six, Oh, five and one start to the season when this is hanging over the head, kind of like, not make a little bit more sense, but also kind of play into where you guys are at. Like there's, there's so many things in a, in a toxic workplace that can affect performance. Like that's the first place that you go. Like here's a toxic workplace. There's a lot going on right here. There's some, you know, like just if, if you're a human being, if you're in an environment with a group of friends or a workplace or school or wherever it is, and you've got like all this extra noise going on around you, and the the performance doesn't match what your expectations are. Like there, there's some things out there right now, guys, where I just feel like it's really hard to rationalize as a fan. And again, I don't want to say that like we're the victims here because we're not. There are some serious human things that are going on here where there is a lot of importance to be placed on the responsibility, the onus, the, the acts that took place, how to handle those. But how far spread this goes is such a problem for this organization right now. And I think that that's so hard to grasp. Right, Tony. And that's a topic that I think we are going to dive into a little bit more. Maybe the fan sort of reaction experience, how you ingest this team going forward. I think we'll touch on that more. Um, But as we were talking about um, some of these just names, that were involved in this. As I'd mentioned, Stan Bowman, Al McIsaac, no longer with the organization. There are two men that were in that meeting uh, that I had mentioned to kind of kick this whole thing off. Joel Quinville, Kevin Cheveldieov, both in positions, prominent positions with other organizations right now. Cheveldieov, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. Joel Quinville, obviously the head coach of the Florida Panthers. Um, Commissioner Gary Bettman, had a statement that said uh, he will have individual meetings with both of the individuals. Uh, He will reserve judgment on the next steps, if any, with them. Um, And beyond that, Blackhawks also fined $2 million by the NHL uh, with a million of that uh, league. And the Hawks decided uh, will go towards funding local organizations in and around the Chicago community that provide counseling and training for support and assistance to survivors of sexual and other forms of abuse. just the rippling effects of this whole situation can't be understated. And it's honestly hard to grasp them. And it's hard to talk about all these on a podcast from just, like I said, just feeling uneasy, feeling like mind boggled uh, about this whole situation. There are so many layers to this, maybe just a little bit more on some of the, you know, who's accountable, who who is in that meeting Uh, personnel here. What do we think is up next? We know the fates of Stan Bowman. Step aside as USA uh, GM as well, because uh, he was that for uh, the upcoming Winter Olympics. Um, and then obviously I mentioned the other two in Chavaldiev and uh, Joel Quinville. Guys, this is an interesting situation that now, as you'd mentioned, that ripple effect, that butterfly effect, Tony, um, this affects more than just the Blackhawks. And obviously so many people that are talking about it, that are ingesting this, that are feeling uncomfortable by reading findings of that, a report that came out any thoughts on just kind of uh how far reaching the, this whole 
situation is right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you touch on the USA hockey stuff. I think that, uh, I mean, if we're looking at this from a, a, a Stan Bowman perspective, like that's 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 kind of huge. I think if you look at sports in general, like hockey and and soccer kind of hold that like USA type thing, right? Like if you're looking at it from a nation standpoint, there's some history in and I'm going very far reaching here. There's there, there's American history that's written in USA hockey when you look at that miracle team, right? Like there's 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 history with the United States of America. And here's a guy that you're you're gonna go throw in charge of of your hockey team and here's these ramifications there. So like you can kind of like almost draw lines to like how important that is just in, in a public history perspective, if you're looking at this down the road and you look at Blackhawks fans and, and just hockey fans in general, like Stan Bowman is a household name, not only because he's the Blackhawks GM, but just what the Bowman name carries in hockey and hockey culture. And now it's associated with this. So like, does that tarnish Scotty Bowman's record a little bit? Like, your son didn't live up to expect this goes so far deep, Johnny. Like, and that's kind of why I brought it up. It's affecting us. Obviously it makes us uneasy to talk about some of these things that took place with the team that, you know, like we have an emotional connection to as a fan and, and, and we want to do this, but there's players involved in this. Every player that's come through the Blackhawks organization since 2010, either they knew about it. They heard rumors about it. Or today they had some sort of day of reckoning where it was, I negotiated a contract with that man. Every sponsor that's worked with the Blackhawks organization. And let's not, let's not sugarcoat this. Like they worked with a lot of prominent Chicagoland organizations, people who did post-game shows for the Hawks, in-game analysis, worked for the organization, even selling tickets underneath the front office. Your, your, your season ticket holder account rep, the guy that runs the Twitter and Facebook account. There are a lot of people. I, I, I play NHL every night during the winter with a guy who works in a booth or a, or a suite at the United Center. He's got feelings about this. He's met Stan Bowman on numerous occasions. He's worked in booths with Bobby Hole and, and uh, you know, Dennis Savard. Like, did it reach them too? Did it reach guys around the organization? Did they know about what was going on? Because right now, it just it, it kind of seems like everybody sort of somewhat knew or heard the story, you know, and I, I get the text message, like, how do I go serve this guy a beer? I don't know if he knew. Those are real human questions. It reaches so far beyond what, like, what we can even comprehend. And that's your job. Right. So like, that's where I'm at with the whole thing. I, it's, 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 it's so far reaching that it's, it's, it, it almost blows your mind. Yeah. And, and I mean, Johnny mentioned mind blowing, you know, it really is mind blowing because like you said, it truly just how far reaching this is. And, and that's where the organization itself is in such a difficult position because again, whether you, whatever you believe, I'm not going to sit here and, tell people they can't believe what they believe but assuming danny words and rocky truly didn't know what happened and that's also one thing i did not mention the Wurtzes uh were not aware until the lawsuits were brought yep that's yeah just preface that yep yeah and that that was the report right so going based on the findings right of the report and based on what was reported today like now if you're danny who runs the team 
you know, obviously Rocky owns it, but doesn't run it. You know, Danny is the, you know, CEO and, and the chief guy. Now you, you, you feel like yeah you can clean house and get rid of it. Cause again, it's the people like that's, that's where I sit here and say, like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sitting here and going, Oh, the Blackhawks. And again, like, yes, the, the overarching entity, which they were employed for was the Blackhawks. But to me, like John McDonough and that group of people is who failed John Doe. Right. Like that's, that's, that's kind of where my feelings are. And I guess that's kind of how I, I look at it because now the Blackhawks have to sit here as an organization and they have to kind of sponge their image. Tony, you, you mentioned the, this isn't the Houston Astros accused of cheating and something that didn't directly affect anybody. Sure. Did betters maybe lose money? Yeah. Maybe, you know, players I mean, on the now, other team. Now you're even reaching there. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like betters lost money on the Astros. They, they soiled the integrity of the game. If you look at baseball in general, it's like, fuck the Astros. We see what's going on in the world. Like, they made the World Series. Johnny and I are Sox fans. We're sitting there like, this is horse shit, right? Like, that's like, – I still feel like in this whole entire situation, if I'm being completely honest, this is night and day. Like, this is worse. Oh, and this is – and this is a team that I fucking love. Like right. I love the Blackhawks. And sure. now... and that's that's where I'm right. And that's yeah. kind of where I was going. My point is like you see that, but like sure, maybe their integrity and how they play the game is questioned. But like the Houston Astros organization as a whole isn't out there like having to clean up their image because of things like this. Like now the Blackhawks have to sit here and it's like almost kind of have to like make reconciliations with a lot of people because there is going to be a lot of people that don't want to be affiliated with the organization anymore. And whether that's, you know, right or wrong is everybody's you know personal opinion. Cause again, like I said, at least personally, I'm looking at the people because it's the people that made the decisions. The Blackhawks organization as an entity is a non-living thing. It can't make decisions. The people that are running it make the decisions. So that's where Correct. my great, great point, Ron. No, and then, well, but that's where, and that's where I like, but now Danny Wirtz and Rocky, have to now clean this up. And, and Tony, you mentioned who, you know, how many people work for the Blackhawks organization that maybe don't know about this, that now because they're affiliated with it, they feel personally impacted mm-hmm. somehow in some way because of their own personal beliefs and how they, you know, walk through life and things like that. Like you said, like we could sit here for hours and hours with huge whiteboards and, and dive into every little nook and cranny, how this affects people, because this is very serious. And this is something that, you know, truly, if you, you know, based on the reports, findings, and you look at, you know, things that transpired, like John Doe's at this point, fuck his NHL career, his life has been completely altered because of this. And it's like, you know, and how many more people's lives are now altered because of it? Like, it's such a monumental, like almost earthquake that well, yeah, this I mean, news drop sent through the, the, the world today. That's that's where I go back to the person who works in the stadium or who works for the organization, who has no affiliation with the players, who has no, like nothing to do with that. But you work for the Blackhawk. I don't want to preface this with like how people feel on certain situations, but like I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that most human beings are against things that do harm to other human beings. Right. Like, I, I think that that's a pretty easy statement to make. Like, don't do things that hurt other people blanket right there like okay and now you're 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 a ticket wrapper you're a concession person or you're somebody who's within the organization that has nothing to do with anything that happened there 
and you see your organization under fire and you've got to make that choice between do I go and try and find another job or, hey, I'm a hockey fan and it's really cool to work for the Blackhawks because I've been a Blackhawks fan since 1982. You know, like there's people out there with with that problem right now because of what took place at the leadership level. They didn't make those decisions. It's 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 so far reaching. I talk about the butterfly effect. I can go down every rabbit hole. There are so many things that are so wrong with the whole entire thing. It, it's it's painful. And I'm I'm sitting here as a fan in pain from the whole thing. I think we all are. But like there's hundreds of other people who are way more affected by this than we will ever be. And I'm having problems sleeping tonight. And I think that transitions to our next point here, something that I was getting at a little bit earlier. I wanted to talk about the personnel first, uh, because as Ron just made an excellent point about, it is people making decisions at the top there. It, it is people either withholding, not acting, whatever it may be. Individuals, the Blackhawks itself is not a living entity, Ron. I think that line is very important to at least keep in mind here because emotions can run high and you can just say toxic culture of this and that. And that is all very well and justified. But at the end of the day, it was individuals making decisions or not making decisions, making decisions not to step up and do the right thing. So let's talk about it as it affects us more personally here, because I think we could go all night here guys, and we just do not have time for that. Um, talking about the ramifications of this on every single individual, but let's cover a broad group here. One that we're all part of. How do you fan after this, Tony? I think you had a lot of thoughts on this right before we jumped on. I want you to air out. How do you fan as a supporter of the Chicago Blackhawks after this bombshell? What Ron actually said is is very true to this. Um, the Blackhawks are not a living entity. The group of leadership made poor decisions, and I, I actually really want to kind of hammer this home. It was a group of individuals who were in charge of an organization at the time. I mean, it, 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 honestly, if, if I'm rationalizing this, it could have been anywhere. It could have been at any company that you want to name where this took place. Right. And Tony, before you go on, I do just want to interject really quick because there was comments about the, you know, how hard it is to get to this point and that being a reason for why this was delayed in them not taking the proper course of action to begin with. Those were the choices of individuals within that leadership group. Um, yes, sure. All working for an organization very well could have been for a financial company very well could have been a company that produces plane parts could have right. been anywhere it happened in a sports organization yes it, it it did and i think that the fact that it took place in a sports organization certainly certainly like just amplifies the situation um because inherently in nature uh, a lot of people focus on on sports it's an escape from the daily world like we talk about this because we like sports. Those are the idols of, of children. And that's like, you know, that there's just, there's so much culture with, with sports just in general, as, as, as humans, we all, we, we love sport, um, whether it's traditional sports or whether it's something else like competition has always been a, a thing for the human race, Johnny, like <laughs> go back to the gladiator days or whatever it is like the sport essence is, of sport. Yeah. The essence of sport is, is something that's important. And I think that, you know, we've, we've kind of looked up to 
sports people as as leaders to us. And I think that this is also kind of a, I hesitate to say this, but it's almost a never meet your your heroes type moment here. Like you you don't want to get to that point where it's like you realize that 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 people who got you to somewhere as a as a fan as as a as a Blackhawks fan it's it's very hard right now I think to rationalize the fact that Joel Quenville led you to three Stanley Cups but he covered all this up because there's there's a deep seated thing for all of us where it's like this guy got the job done and he led me to some of the happiest moments of my life but let's be real the Blackhawks winning the Stanley Cup three times. That's awesome. And and he was at the helm of it. But he also made a really fucking bad decision along the way. Like, this is a guy that you would expect would never have to pay for another drink in his life in Chicago. And you go on Twitter today and all of a sudden it's everybody who replies to the Florida Panthers account is asking for them to fire this guy because of what he did 11 years ago. That's a real thing that fucking happened. And how do you rationalize that as a fan who just a few years ago, I'm sitting here on this very same podcast saying shouldn't have been fired for, for Jeremy Colleton, who I still, if we, if we throw all of this away, which you can't, you can't throw any of this away. If you, if, if you did though, setting it to the side for a second, set it to the side for a second. Jer- like I-, I was just texting with you, Ron, the other day. What the fuck is Jeremy Colleton doing for this team right now? I was 24 hours ago. I'm on the phone with NWI Steve, who we do socks on tap with, talking about like would Joel Quinville have stayed through what happened with the Blackhawks, and that's what I was talking about less than 24 hours ago. And I'm like, no, there was so much bad that happened, and now all of a sudden it's. Coach Q, the guy that 24 hours ago, I'm sitting on the phone going like, no, he would not have stayed with this organization through some of the the terrible play that transpired. And it's like, where, where do you rationalize any of this? I'm having such a problem because I can see where some of the ramifications of what took place in this affecting where guys are and, and what moves were made. How deep does it go? And these are all just the, the 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 decisions that were made by a group of five to ten people for their benefit. Like, let's be real. These are the decisions of a group of people who were charged with leadership of an organization. You can take the name out of it anywhere. They acted in their own benefit in that situation. Nobody went and did the hard the hard choice. And now the ramifications spread so far and wide. People have a hard time even grasping what to do with it. That's where we're at as Blackhawks fans. And Johnny, you ask, how do you root for this team? It goes back to exactly what Ron said. It wasn't the Blackhawks that did this. It was the group of individuals who were in charge of the Blackhawks at that point in time. And maybe you go back. If if Rocky and and and, and Danny knew about this, they're implicated. If they just found out about it today, I think my statement is they made the right choices. Regardless of whether or not Stan Bowman went out in a press conference and said what he said and tried to throw other people under the bus, this is human nature at this point in time. You can't take the Blackhawks as a name and throw them out there and say, this is a Blackhawks decision. That's Stan Bowman acting as Stan Bowman, making his statement when he's no longer affiliated with an organization, throwing out there what he has to say. And if there's people that need to go down with him, you can call him a coward for throwing other people under the bus. But we have no idea as we sit here right now, as the three of us, 
what the conversations were between any of these people. What they told investigators may or may not be true, but everything fucking stinks. And Johnny, we've said it from the get-go. It rots from the head up. And the head of that organization, as far as we know as Blackhawks fans and, and, and as much facts as we can go to, that was John McDonough. And you look at what happened throughout this organization. As soon as everything started to fall apart, the dominoes all came falling down. And guess what? It rotted from the head up. And here we are. There's your dead fish washed up right upon the shore. And we're all staring at it. Yeah. And I, I think too, it is a group of people. Um, and I'm, I'm personally very disappointed with that group of people uh, for their effectively in this case, a lack of action, but you know, whether yeah, I could, I'll sit here and, you know, we talked about it when we, we jumped on, I told you guys how I felt this gets handled in 2010. Then that's the end of it. If they do the right thing, this gets handled right away. The Blackhawks have that credibility and, 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 Really, it's the people running the Blackhawks that have that credibility as well. Now I sit here and I go, yeah, is it weird being a fan? Yeah, it, just because this is such a, a an atomic bomb that was dropped on the fan base on uh, anybody else directly or indirectly involved with this team, whether whatever it might be, whatever the role is, you know, we've already dove into that with, you know, everybody from the fan to the guy that sells popcorn at the United Center. But really now it's... Okay, you know, you're you're an organization that has a bit of a black eye because of decisions made by these people. You got rid of those people. Those people are no longer affiliated with the organization, which good, rightfully so. I said it well long ago when the, the lawsuit even came out. I said, if these people knew about it, they should be gone. Plain and simple. They did. They lost their jobs. Rightfully so. But, it, it you know, it, now it's... It really is kind of on the organization because you'll still have the fans that'll that'll root. And I think it's going to be like, at least for a while, kind of, a, I call it, I'm going to call it cautious rooting of like, well, yeah, I'm still a Hawks fan, but like, it almost feels weird being a Hawks fan right now. I think all of us are going to go through that at some point if we're not already. But now it's it's on the organization to make things right. You made the first step. You got rid of the people involved. Now, you know, do you try and kind of almost become more deeply connected with your fan base in a supportive manner and in initiatives that this team, because of the platform that they have can do to bring light to these type of situations and use something that was terrible and is awful and should have never happened as a, a learning. I don't want to call it a learning experience, but I guess it's an experience to promote change and promote betterment. And, you know, as a side as whole, because let's be honest, right, Tony, you nailed it on the head. Sports is such a, a staple in human culture of something that people can bond over because let's be frank. I mean, we've seen it just general blanketing statement in the world, the, the division between people, you know, sports is something that people bond over people. Sports is something that people turn to in that time of darkness and that time of in need of that escape from reality. Now is the time for the Blackhawks to do the right thing in sense of now is the time where you can use that platform, use that public eye, so to say, and do something better. And I, I you know what? And I, I respect Danny Wirtz for his comment he made earlier and that, you know, and they, they gave the letter to the fans and the community and and saying we we have to be better and we will be better. And that's words that, OK, I say now prove it. And, you know, I, and I think if they can prove it, they will reconcile with a lot of fans. Nothing is ever going to eliminate or cover up or make disappear what happened. 
but again, you know, we, we, we said it when we first started talking this evening, the three of us, it's rock bottom for this organization, but now is a time where you can kind of re you can't rewrite the past, but you can write the future. And this organization's at a point now where earn the trust of your fans, earn the trust of those that have, have pulled for the Indian head sweater, you know, because like you said, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the Indian head that's sitting on Tony hoodie didn't make these decisions. It was these people that use terrible judgment and ignorance in these, this, this instance that made these decisions or lack thereof. And my disdain and my disappointment and my negative feelings, whatever you want to sum it up as are going to be toward those people. But now, you know, my hope as a Blackhawks fan is use this as an opportunity as the Blackhawks to do something good for the community and do some good for people, because you know how you earn respect of people is by using your platform to create meaningful, good, positive change. And now's the time that they can do that. So, yeah, I think it, it, there, there's going to be a lot of fans that cautiously still root for this team. And I say cautiously in the sense of it's going to feel awkward and weird because of everything that's attached to that, that logo that represents this team. But at the end of the day, this organization now can go in a positive direction. And now, hopefully, now that it feels like every living nerve that was connected to that instance has been severed. Now it, the only way you can go is up and hopefully that's a positive change and a meaningful impact on the community going forward. And, and you guys talked about a lot of good points and encompassing both, you know, the ramifications of what happened and how digesting it. Um, I'm just going to go personal because I'm going to be there. Tony's going to be there with me tomorrow night. First game since all of this happened Wednesday, October 27th, 6.30 p.m. puck drop against the Maple Leafs. It's going to be weird. I'm going to feel awkward. It's going to be very interesting to see what, if anything, the team does on a game day experience in light of what just happened. The whole massive bombshell of information that just came to light one day prior. I'm rooting for that positive change, Ron. That is part of it. And I think that is something that people who, to be honest, you, when you, when Coach Quinville came back with the Florida Panthers and everybody cheered for him and gave him an ovation, and, you know, you didn't know at the time. So don't feel, sit there and feel guilty about it. Don't go quote tweeting people's old videos and saying these scumbag fans supporting their scumbag coach. What are you, telepathic? You know at the time? I there's a certain level of resentment that comes towards this whole thing and it gets piled on, especially in a social media age. So I guess my way, best way to cut through this is I'm rooting for the positive change. I'm excited to see what sort of new developments will come out of this, what sort of positive developments will come out of this. Uh, and I think that's the only way to go. You'd mentioned Ron, the only way to go is forward here. Um, We've sat here for now 50 minutes talking back and forth. And even before this, before we even jumped on the microphone, talking about how just deep all, all of this cuts to, to so many involved. And obviously, first and foremost, the, the victims affected. And then, um, you know, outward from there, kind of. And then the kind of butterfly effect that Tony had mentioned earlier. But at the same time, as Tony mentioned earlier, 
I'm a fan. I've already got this invested in me. I have these tickets set up, so I'm still going to go, and I'm rooting for that positive change. It's not going to be overnight. Everybody knows that, but it'll be very interesting to see the team's first initial response face-to-face with their fans. Um, and I say face-to-face by meaning what the organization displays, and obviously there are people behind that making those messages, delivering those messages. You know, all those statements were crafted by a team of people that came out in light of that. I'm very, very intrigued to see um, what's going to happen. But at the same time, I'm not going and finding a new team. And I think that's where a lot of people are. And that's okay. If you want to do that, I'm not telling you how to fan. Go ahead and do that. But we're here. We're the Four Feathers podcast. We're talking to Blackhawks fans. You notice I didn't open the show tonight by Blackhawks fans. It's a little bit tough, but now I'm speaking to you as Blackhawks fans. Root for that positive change. That's my message. John, I think you hit a lot of things like square on there. First off, there's going to be a lot of negative attacks towards this organization for a long time. I've realized that today. I think we all know it. I think that there's going to be a lot of ire that comes out of this. There's going to be people who are very vocal towards the Blackhawks for this. And that's fine. There is anger. There is people who are mad. There is people who, yeah, disgust for what took place. There's things that you could poke holes in in statements that were made today. There's things where you can you can say that they didn't go as hard as they needed to to create that change off the bat. And I think that that's something that everybody can debate. Johnny, I absolutely agree with what you said though. Like this is this is the darkest hour. These are the, this is rock bottom. This is on top of if we look at the on ice performance from the Blackhawks so far this season, this is an absolute rock bottom of any sports franchise that I've ever seen or rooted for right here, right now. There is legitimately nowhere to go, but up up might not be all the way where we want it to be. I hope it is. I hope there's positive change throughout everything that took place here. I hope there's healing. I hope that there is a massive upswing because as a Hawks fan, as somebody who's been invested in this team for a large portion of my life, I I, I want that. I want them to be able to be a catalyst in whatever it is that is, is, is right. And I think that they have an opportunity to do that. I think it'll be really interesting how they operate under a new GM. Obviously, we can talk about the hockey impacts of, of what Stan Bowman did over the offseason. I think that's a whole separate episode. Um, but they have an opportunity. I'm not trying to say that all press is good press, but right now the Blackhawks are the center of, of the sports world, so to speak. And guys, they have a real opportunity. And, and Danny and Rocky Wirtz is where I'm going to say this. The the onus is on them here to do the right things and and really create the positive change that both you guys have talked about. Like that's that is squarely in their court right now in order to make that happen. And that's kind right. of where I'm at with it. 
Right. And I think it goes back to a point that Ron uh, had brought up earlier and he had talked about the, you know, ability to make a positive change, the platform that you have. Well, guess what? The spotlight's on you. What are you going to do when you're in the spotlight? I think that is the question here. Um, Obviously, you can't put aside any of the negativity that was brought about by the report and all of the shamefulness uh, that was brought upon the organization. But at the same time, spotlight's on you now. How do you react? That's my biggest question going forward, and I'm going to get my first taste of it firsthand tomorrow night, as are you, Tony. Yeah, that's honestly what I'm interested in seeing tomorrow. It, it, it's And what's weird is going into that, it's not exactly about like what's on the ice. I think there's an on-ice component to it, Johnny, but also it's like, how do you, how do you handle that game day experience? I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what the tone is walking in there tomorrow. Um, how you go about everything from Anthem through the game, through, you know, what's, what's thrown out. Everything's got to be in question at at this point in time, down to some stupid stuff, right? Like you talk about the butterfly effect tomorrow could be some kid's first Blackhawks game. How do you explain that one? Like there's, there's so much that goes into this. Ron, I'll toss it over to you. I was going to say, just uh, uh, like you said, I think the the example, like if it's if somebody's first Blackhawks game, it's a hell of a first game to attend. But I, I'm I'm in I'm in alignment with you guys in the sense of it's going to be intriguing to see what starts tomorrow. Um, again, toward that positive change uh, that I truly believe, you know, giving the benefit of the doubt to to ownership and to Danny Wirtz. They have the the intention of that positive change in mind. Uh, it feels that way, and sure, of course, you know people will say, "Oh, well, they're just saying it for good press, whatever." But giving giving them the benefit of the doubt in this situation, I'm intrigued to see what that is. You know, is there a message tomorrow regarding, you know, maybe an alliance that the Blackhawks have created with an organization to help create positive change? You know, is that something that they announce in the game? Is it business as usual in terms of a game day experience? And then more of that comes later down the road, maybe later in the week or something like that in terms of, you know, announcements and whatever, you know, that's going to be very interesting. And then at the same time, imagine being one of these players, like you said, Tom, earlier in the show that had no idea, you know, the Jake McCabe's and the Seth Joneses and the, the Kirby docs of the world guys that have only gotten here in the last couple seasons who, but how yeah, even Alex to bring it, man. Like, yeah, guys that have, that have only been here recently that maybe don't have a hell of a clue what happened. Like, how do you approach that? Like, they're the 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 mental approach that they have in tomorrow's game is going to be so interesting too. Not even just from an on ice perspective, because of course people are like, oh well, yeah, blah, 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 how they pick, you know, how they play on the ice, but how they just carry themselves in day to day life. Because, like you said, it, it is such a bombshell that. It's going to take a lot of time for everybody, you know, receiving the news the same way we did today to process that information and then, you know, be able to articulate their feelings and and move about their life the way they they feel necessary in wake of, of the information being shared. So uh, I, I'm in agreement with you guys. Obviously, I will not be there, uh, unlike the two of you. However, I will be tuned in at home. Um, so certainly I will be able to see the, the broadcast side of the house and see how that uh, kind of is handled, I suppose, for lack of a better term. 
Uh, and I'm just as intrigued. Um, you know, how does Pat Foley feel? How does Eddie Olchek feel? I fully expect those two to be on the call for tomorrow's game, uh, unless they have a previous commitment already. But it's it's going to be interesting and uh, and and echoing as as you know as you guys said and I said earlier, uh, it's up from here. Make a positive change and and to me that begins tomorrow. And I, I'm intrigued to see how they handle it and what what the approach is. Uh, by the Blackhawks organization. Um, guys, we, we have spent a lot of time, and rightfully so, um, discussing this. But on a podcast, we only have a finite amount of time. So we have dedicated the first hour of the show to that. Um, I hope it was a substantial um, discussion that um, kind of got you where we are in trying to digest this news. Hopefully it helped in some way. Um, that's what we're here to do, um, help you as Blackhawks fans, because that's what we are at the end of the day. We all of us are. It's why the Four Feathers podcast exists. So um, that being said, another component, what we usually talk about here, guys, it's time to get into it. The on-ice play. It's bad all across the board right now for the Blackhawks because they're off to an 0-5-1 start. Um, sellout streak ended, 535 games on Sunday. They've lost since we last talked, 4-1 to Vancouver, 6-3 to Detroit, 0-5-1 on the year, as I had mentioned. Have not led yet this season. 360 minutes, 57 seconds, and counting of ice time, NHL record. Um, it's bad here. So let's, uh, this is not, like I said, we, we had dedicated the first half of this podcast um, to all that more than half. Um, let's go ahead, talk like we normally do on ice stuff here. It was bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll toss some on ice thoughts out here right now. Um, I, I think that the preseason was more enjoyable hockey to watch than uh, what we've seen so far. It's been absolutely brutal from an on ice standpoint. I think that there's a lot of um, cleaning up to do, uh, so to speak, with uh, a lot of things we've talked about. And, and the weird thing to me, guys, is that the special teams has been somewhat okay, especially on the power play. I think that the, the biggest problem here is something that we haven't seen in a long time. And that's five on five play. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, just how bad they are creating scoring opportunities at full strength. And, and, and it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a lack of execution. I don't want to say it's a lack of, um, generating the, the specific type of scoring chances that they need to, because you could see this for all four lines. You can see some sort of inconsistency with who guys are playing with. You've had the charades already drawn out with, you know, people supporting Carlton. There is so much wrong with the on ice play right now where it legitimately feels like this team could potentially lose every single game this season. And I know it feels that way because of where the record is right now. But legitimately, it's really hard to go out there and draw a ton of positives to say this team could put together a full 60 minutes and and just beat a team uh, the way that other teams in the National Hockey League go out there and beat another team, which is playing a full 60 minutes, shutting them down and scoring goals. The the whole complete picture does that does just it's. It, it feels so far from where it needs and to be right now, and it's it's very frustrating to watch. I think the worst thing about that, Tony, is it um, spiraled back down in, into the early sort of kind of Pittsburgh game, the Colorado early stages of that game. 
in that second period against Detroit because um, you talk about, and we're, we're not huge on silver linings here, but if you looked at it, the Blackhawks, one of their main issues over the past few years has been letting up insane amount of shots, scoring mm-hmm. chances, all of that. They did a fairly good job against the Islanders, granted not a team known for their rush abilities, but the Vancouver Canucks have some decent offensive prowess. Um, they were able to shut them down for the most part at five on five. It was where they got into the five on three uh, in the end of that second period on uh, last Thursday night, what really bit them in the ass. And you wanted to see them uh, come out and respond the full 60, uh, play that full complete game, do all those elements that you talked about of how, how other teams beat hockey teams. Uh, and it just all completely went to shit in, in the second period against Detroit. And I think that's what's really leaving us with most despair, at least for on ice stuff here. I know we covered um, all of this. And sure, I, I, all of the things that we talked about over the front half of this podcast, I'm assuming those may be looming. Uh, so let's not dis- discount that as a factor. But at the same time, there's X's nose to the game. Um, Ron, your take on it. Yeah, I, I think it, it is really intriguing um, in terms of the special teams that Tony mentioned earlier because the Blackhawks currently sit in the top 10 in both penalty kill and power play in the NHL. Uh, I believe the PK is ranked fourth, uh, or at least they were as of 48 hours ago, I believe, when I saw the tweet, uh, and they were 10th in power play at the time. So at least they're hovering around the top 10. Um, obviously, teams have played since the Blackhawks last did. You know, those numbers fluctuate, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I think it's it's puzzling uh, from a five-on-five standpoint. And uh, obviously, I think we can all sit here and say it could be systematic. And I think we all believe it is systematic. And obviously, when we know where that lies. And um, even the guy that I once upon a time said give a chance to is a guy I've kind of turned my thoughts. And, uh, you know, at least based on where he is in his career and where this team is right now, uh, it's not a fit, you know, in a match made in heaven by any means. But um yeah, it really just comes down to execution, and I, I'm I'm certainly sure that uh, you know the 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 allegations and the investigation, and now the results of said investigation should certainly uh, plays a factor into the team's play. I think to an extent, but um, at the end of the day, you know you'd love to see them execute better at five on five. I mean, something like you guys have said, you know, even in years past you know, at least decent at five on five. And then they were usually good in one of the two special teams categories and then atrocious in the other. That was just kind of the nature of the beast. So to kind of see it the other way, flip-flopped is odd, I think, from a fan perspective. But again, you need to get it going at some point. I mean, you've set the NHL record for the longest streak of minutes to not have a lead. Like, it's uh, pathetic is the the only word I can come up with for the on-ice play. Uh, You know, and it just, again, it just, makes everything else stink even worse than it already does uh, on, on top of it. So, I mean, hell of a game tomorrow to try and get things right, I think, from just a mental standpoint of the players on the ice. But you would like to see some type of execution at five-on-five. Five. I mean, again, it, it feels like maybe the only way that the players can make a difference on the ice to, to make things better and – make people feel better is, you know, the organization starts to progress in a positive direction culturally and, and the team starts to, you know, do something better on the ice. And I, I honestly think too, amidst everything, just from how the players will handle things, if they're playing better on the ice. That's just something that helps them cope with everything that's happened and, and how they're going to handle the situation too. Yeah. Right, Ron. Um, not going to be easy though. 
you're going to be down a few bodies. Um, we know that Patrick Kane was in the protocol, missed uh, Sunday's game against Detroit. He is still in that COVID protocol. Jonathan Taves, Henrik Borgstrom added today. Uh, Jujar Kara and uh, Riley Stillman also joined. They missed Sunday's game as well. Um, and then you've got three assistant coaches. So a lot of people are ragging on them. And sure, I think there's plenty of memes, jokes to be made about Jeremy Colladin and his leadership abilities. We're not, we, we don't shy away from those here either. We make those. But at the same time, when you got three assistant coaches out, one of those guys handles power play, one of those guys handles penalty kill. They do. We, we can do. So that's why you saw it. Hand uh, the board to Alex yeah, to rank it. Yeah, exactly. You're going to hand the board over to I'm not, players. I'm not, you know. Mention, Tony, I, I, I'll let you go off about that here, but it's a str- It's another just layer of adversity here. Not nearly anything compared to um, everything that came out today. But at the same time, like I said, coming down to X's nose, literally X's nose, Alex to break it, drawing them on the board. That's where they're at right now. You got to dig deep. Uh, you got to want it. You, I want balls to the wall stuff from Brandon Hagel. Mackenzie Entwistle, Adam Gaudette. That's all I'm looking for in a game like Wednesday night. Yeah, and I think that that's exactly where the problem with the Blackhawks are right now. Um... <laughs> go ahead. You've been waiting it's, for it's, the it's, fucking joke. It's, it's so fucking hard. Let's fucking go. Bring it's, it up. It's so baby. fucking hard to go back there and be like, okay, like you're, you're talking about, you know, Alex Gaudette showing up. And I'm like, well, you know, at one point in time, that was Andrew Ladd on this roster. Like that, that's where I go back to. And then it's like, okay, now I've got to, you know, deal with everything we talked about tonight. But, it, you know, they, I, I wish we were sitting here right now, like somewhat selfishly. I wish we were sitting here talking about Jeremy Calton handing the whiteboard over to the fucking, you know, offense on a power play and, and then going to the media and saying, well, I don't have the best ideas. So I'm going to give everybody else the opportunity to you're the fucking coach, you know? And like that, that's why that, that's why I wanted Stan Bowman to be fired is because that's his guy. And this was a national embarrassment the day before you have to go and drop all these allegations. Like, are we fucking serious right now? Like I make me sick. Yeah, you make me sick, dude. John, that that's that's where I'm at with this. Is you know you've got you've got people out there who have to publicly defend an NHL coach, or, or feel the need to publicly defend an NHL coach on social media because he handed the board over when guys who have watched hockey for 30, 40 fucking years of their life go out there and say this is the first time I've ever fucking seen that happen in my life. That's fucking embarrassing. We talk about Letterkenny. This is fucking embarrassing. That was fucking embarrassing as a Blackhawks fan. And today was the worst fucking embarrassment that I've ever had to deal with in any sports franchise that I've ever had. But that's on the heels of an on-ice play or coaching decision. That was was fucking embarrassing. You want to take all of that, uh, throw everything out that happened today. This in and of itself deserves like a half hour discussion on this show because it was that fucking embarrassing. The way he handed it over, you can look at the body, like the body language, just the whole thing that went down there. When your team is is down and out and you're you're handing the whiteboard over to to somebody else 
again, take the whole thing out of it. Like that just reeks of like this guy. This guy not, stinks. This guy stinks. But it's also this guy shouldn't take the press conference after this fucking game because this is so fucking goddamn embarrassing. And here we are. Like we're past the point where the dog is sipping the coffee and everything's on fire. The dog yeah. is dead and he's on fire himself too. And the coffee cup exploded mm-hmm. and like a bomb went off after that. And somebody nuked the entire house that they were inside. That's yeah. where we're at right now. Oh yeah. If we're going full nuclear on ice stuff here, guys, um, I want to know how good Seth Jones coaching in hockey IQ is um, because he could be a valuable piece um, behind the bench when his legs inevitably give out less than halfway through his contract. Oh, um, Jesus. I think that may be a, a route to go at some point. Maybe he can drop a power play. I mean, I know I, I heard kind of Jonathan back there. He's going to be the player coach. Half ass quarterback in the thing. Yeah. We need a, yeah, the player coach owner thing. Fucking Jackie moon. You know, the, the, I, I, if we're getting into into it and going fucking nuclear here, that that's literally where I'd see because obviously I have frustrations there. That's safe for another podcast, another day. We'll we'll, we'll get into that down the road. But this is just the level that, that it's brought us to here. Uh, when you see that, Ron, we haven't heard from you for a while. Go ahead and chime in here. Uh, Tony almost made me spit out my water as I was taking a sip when he mentioned the uh, the dog with the house on fire and the dog being dead. Um, oof, that that caught me off guard. Um, no, I just, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, in in all of the worst ways possible, if it, 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 it's a hell of a time to be a Blackhawks fan because of just everything that's going on. The team on the ice sucks, and then totally separating. I think you meant to and, say it's hell to be a Blackhawks fan. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, but it, it's just, again, it just, it, it's, it's like, the team the team was already kicking us in the gut based on their performance through the first six games. And then the, the bomb was dropped, and that was kind of the Randy Orton RKO from the top rope, you know, that really just stuck it to every single person that loves it. Hey, Ron, I'm just going to stop you real quick, and I'm going to ask you, do you believe in Stan, and do you believe in this roster? Well, I don't believe in Stan because clearly Stan is incompetent and ignorant, and there's a reason he's without a job now. Um, but I don't know. I, again, I, you know what? The second well, part of that question is more important. Do you believe in this roster? I believe in pieces of this roster. If that makes you feel better. Um, I think there's guys on the team that I, I really think a lot of these guys are, are still kind of learning each other too. And, and it's really hard to gel as a team when the, the inevitable black cloud that was this investigation was kind of looming over, um, you know, maybe I don't even know how to frame this, but like maybe this finally, the bomb kind of being dropped is kind of the weight off of these guys' shoulders, knowing that this was hovering over them this entire time. And it, not to say that this is going to make their lives any easier, but again, they can move forward, you know, and maybe this is something finally the, that going back to the only way to go is up. Yes, exactly. Like the only way to go is up as an organization, as a whole, you know, again, we, we, there's no fact, I guess there's no super conclusive reports in terms of guys on the team knowing and didn't knowing at that time in 2010, but you look at this roster, there's only what two guys left on the roster that were here in 2010 and their names are Taves and Kane. Outside of that, all these guys weren't here 
when this happened. So it, them as a, you know, as individuals and then as a team, obviously, how do you move forward? Hopefully you play better hockey, start to win some games for your sake on the ice and in your occupation. And then off the ice, you know, maybe you bond as a team more and they finally start to gel and maybe they can finally start <laughs> to gel because they can come together as a group and kind of work through this together. You know, again, it's like the only way is up. Like, cause this, this team has talent. I mean, we all sat here and have chimed on it for what, how many episodes this is going to be episode number four, five of this third season. We've, yeah. we've at least sat here and, and, and bitched for three episodes and said, this team's better on paper than it has been in what the last three or four seasons. Since we started this. Yeah. And, guys, I, I, I have to ask this question because I've, I've, I've like, if there's one last thing I've got to ask, because, Ron, you mentioned that Taves and Kane are the only things that are basically left from the organization as to when this happened. Can the organization move forward on the ice or even off the ice with them still here? And what are the ramifications of, of all of that, which, which plays into the legacies of these guys who are such a pillar right now for this organization and not only a pillar outside of, of, you know, off ice play and, and, and what the, these cups mean, but going forward as, as this Blackhawks team right now, this year, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not too far removed from fuck Altuve chance at White Sox games. Might be the heaviest question you've asked this entire episode and perhaps on this entire podcast since it's existed. But it's a fair question to ask. I mean, again, you know, even before the allegations and the investigation results were revealed, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of discussion amongst the the Blackhawks fans of Twitter. Um, a fan of our program, Tab Bamford, for one, uh, love his takes and his thoughts on this team on the ice. He shared that, you know, in terms of the next regime talking, you know, obviously Bowman's head has been called for well prior to this coming out and his now departure. But, you know, they they were talking about kind of that moving on from the quote unquote golden era in terms of results on the ice, right? Like zero connection to that. It's a fair question to ask in terms of the on ice. Obviously, Kane and Taves are a little older. I mean, they're still serviceable in terms of age as hockey players. But, you know, are, are people as fans, as the organization as a whole, able to kind of like you said, I, I'll, I'll use the analogy in this case of kind of like separate kind of church and state of the sense of can you separate like them being attached to this and being the only two pieces remaining moving forward? And again, there is no report of them knowing directly about the allegations and again you know speculate how you want to the to the general listener and and those with their own opinions but it's still a fair question to ask because like you said don't they are the last two remaining pieces from the time that now is going to have this dark cloud over it as that first stanley cup team you know that was that 2010 winner and the one that broke the you know the the 49 year drought and and everything like that in Chicago in terms of hockey like 
you know, they're they're all time greats in this organization, but now all of a sudden you sit here and 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 they have this this little blemish that's somehow now attached to them, whether they knew about it or not. You know, they were still around at that time when it happened, and that's still going to be something that people bring up. So I, I think it's an excellent question, and truly, I, I I don't have a good answer for you right now because it's it's such a deep question that that's something we could sit here and mull over for yeah. hours and hours on end before coming up with a, a true answer. Right, right, and this is all in Tony. Very heavy question. I mean, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it up. This is the kind of discussion that we want to have here on the Four Feathers podcast. But I'll just go and answer it. Now, I'll be very uh, matter of fact, as you know, I like to be. No, they cannot survive uh, 82 game season without these two, unless you would have made those changes beforehand to get their replacements in here. They absolutely cannot. The center depth is totally bolstered back when you got Jonathan Taves, brought in Tyler Johnson as the option there. Um, you've got other guys uh, that are able to slide over into that role. But Jonathan Taves is the guy. He's your face-off guy. Um, you expect him to get back to form at some point. He recorded his first point the other night. Um, Patrick Kane hasn't really gotten going. Not that really anyone has uh, at five-on-five, five, but you've seen some of the power play points there. So, no, you needed to replace those guys for their on-ice production strictly. I'm not talking about the black cloud. I'm not talking about any of that for their on-ice production strictly. You can't get through 82 without Taves and Kane this year as the roster is constructed. Full stop. Um, no, I, and I agree with exactly what you're saying, Johnny, and, and I think that there's there's obviously, as Ron kind of touched on, there's some there's some off-ice stuff that goes on with that, but uh, but let's be real. This, this roster was constructed in order to try and maximize getting another Stanley cup with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane on this roster. That's, that's why the rebuild went the way it did. The quote unquote rebuild went the way it did. Why certain decisions were made at least on paper. If I, if I'm trying to analyze it, the reason that Seth Jones is here is, is because you want to get another cup with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. The reason why you sacrifice first round draft like draft picks, that's that's why. But now you're left in a in a really interesting spot. And uh I know we haven't spoke a lot about the new GM. Guys, you want to talk about a job that I don't want to walk into ever? Is is the new GM of the Chicago Blackhawks because he's got a lot of work to do, but also, as Ron you talked about and Johnny you talked about it as well, the amount of opportunity there is, I mean, just absolutely ripe. There is so much low hanging fruit. There is so much opportunity to build off of how rock bottom this organization is right now. Well, it's ripe if the salary cap increases. It I'll is right. I'll go back to that for yes, a matter of fact. Things that's here. true. I think there's positive impact that could be made with the organization, regardless of not regardless, but despite poor performance, yeah. where this team is at right now, well, I'll where, give you that. I was where just it can about... be considered can, like where, where his job performance can be. Right. I was still in roster building mode there. So. At roster building. You are also left with Johnny. I'll give you this, and I don't even think you went full on. You're left with the biggest clusterfuck, and that's why I said a job I don't want to take is because of the roster situation that you have to now navigate out of. That's a tough place to be. 
Yeah, that it is. I mean, it really is. And, and, and if you are Davidson now is the interim, because again, he has the interim tag, you know, how much does he really do now going forward? Because, you know, if you're Danny and, and Rocky at the top, are you more so thinking future wise about who the next, you know, president of hockey operations and general manager ultimately are and letting them architect this team from where it currently stands. If we're, if we're talking just strictly roster building at this point, uh, I think that's another question entirely in itself. You know, how much, how much ability is Kyle Davidson going to have? It, it seems like they're a fan of him. Uh, I know there's the athletic article out there about how he rose from, you know, where he was in the organization. He's been with the team since 2011. Uh, he's been around for quite some time now. Was he the the quote-unquote internal choice that they wanted to eventually take over as the GM? Um, now, again, whether that holds up or not remains to be seen. Uh, but that's certainly a whole other storyline. I think that we we can, you know, sit here and, and digest from this. Not only is he walking into an incredibly difficult position, but how – I guess how much leash is he going to get to truly do his job as quote unquote GM? Because if he is just the interim and they fully anticipate moving on to somebody else to take that role, whether he remains with the organization or not, you know, does he have the green light from Rocky and, and Danny to actually make moves on this roster? If they're in it at the deadline somehow, some way or vice versa. You've got some hockey personnel roles to fill there too. Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them. Yeah, and is he going to be the one selecting those, or is that just strictly a hey, we're going to operate with the current staff and in the off season when we bring in a quote unquote new regime? You know? We haven't even touched on Jeremy Colleton. Yeah, boys, I, I was going to get in here, and you, you guys bring up so many goddamn good burning questions, and I'd love to sit here and talk all night, but fortunately, podcasts finite amount of time, so we we have got to get the ball rolling here uh, and get towards our final thoughts um we'll look ahead real quick um but before that um i just wanted to say that we'll be back touch on more of some of these on ice things obviously really uh you know unconventional um thing that we did not want to have to um i don't think anybody ever wants to be presented with a situation like that but uh, i'm glad we aired it out and shared our thoughts from the first half of this but uh let's look ahead since we were in the on ice section here and it's impossible for these two sections not to bleed over into each other because there are so many um you know factors that cover both circles uh in the hex diagram there so um i glad we touched on some of those we'll air out some of these more um tony will let you rant even more about jeremy collin and beyond the whiteboard handing over uh in the next episode but uh take a look quick look ahead uh, as we mentioned earlier wednesday october 27th 6 30 p.m puck drop tony and i will be there in the building toronto maple leafs in town they are struggling as well reeling off a pair of losses uh granted they were playing Tougher competition, but uh, we'll be interesting to see uh, how they respond, how the Blackhawks respond uh, in that will be, uh, you know, a very unconventional battle of uh, original six teams. After that, Hawks on the road for a tough two games uh, at Carolina Friday night, 6 p.m. Uh, at St. Louis Saturday night, 7 p.m. So that's back to back two different cities on the road there. Predictions for this road trip. Do the Blackhawks get the first win, guys? Johnny, I think they're getting their first win tomorrow. Um, I, I am a firm believer that uh, there is only one way to go up uh, from here, and that is, like I said, up. Uh, I think you're going to get your first lead tomorrow. I think that the Blackhawks are going to come out, and they're actually going to have a really good game. Uh, I think the monkey's kind of off the back at this point in time. I don't want to say that, that uh, 
Jeremy Colleton's going to lead them to victory. There's there's a whole lot of things to work out here, but I think that overall, um, you're not going to see Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane in this game, but you're going to see a full-on effort from the guys who are on the ice. And that's at least what I'm hoping for. I'm going to go with you're going to you're going to get your first win tomorrow, but I'll also say that if you're not getting your first win tomorrow, you're getting your shit blown off and we're going to see an absolute meltdown at the United Center. There, there is one of two. No in between. There's, there's, no there's, in-between, there's no in between. <laughs> it's going to be either I, like I I have that same nervous energy about me, Tony. Yes. So, so that I had to preface it with like, you're either going to go out there and you're going to have like a really good game, or it's going to be a point where like you and I are sitting there looking at each other in the second period going like, holy shit. We thought yesterday was rock bottom. How far deeper can this absolutely go? That's where I'm at with this. I'm going to pray for the positive here. But I'm also going to leave some room for the uh, never get up for the letdown. That's that's pretty much where yep. I'm at. Yep, uh, good, good strategy there. Ron, thoughts? I, I am fully taking a page out of Johnny Nani's book and not getting up for the letdown. I am fully expecting that implosion on the ice tomorrow. I am expecting a 7-1 uh, to or 7-2 to two final of some sorts. Uh, Austin Jesus Matthews Christ. maybe with a hat trick. Um, you guys got to remember too, they're still down Kate Taves and Kane and Borgstrom. And there's a lot of dudes missing on that roster. I gotta be William Nylander that gets a hat trick then. Just rubbing our faces as Alex Nylander does what he's doing in Rockford, right? And and maybe, maybe even Austin Matthews just (laughs) there's a stand bone and scores, yeah, scores a goal, scores a goal, and like goes like this to the fans and is like, oh, wait, that's right, he's not here, and just. I, I'm I'm fully expecting the Blackhawks to metaphorically just kick me right in the stomach tomorrow. Before so. before we go any further, like how full is the United Center going to be tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean the the solid streak ended. So uh, on that Sunday night game against Detroit, which is sad, you know, when a rival that people usually get up for, people those tickets are probably even even if the Red Wings are bad, they're usually jacked up a little bit. Well, uh, just because of the name. But in, yeah. in fairness, uh, I did read a good article over at the Athletic. The Blackhawks are not the only team that lost a sellout streak uh, over the course of these first few games. Pittsburgh's streak, which was almost nearly as long as the Blackhawks, ended as well, um, among others. It is an NHL attendance problem. It is not just the Blackhawks, but their 5 and one uh, probably 0-6-1 start after tomorrow uh, certainly does not aid uh, in those numbers staying up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was still 19,042, I believe, was the grand total. Um, uh, on Sunday, at least for paying fans, obviously, you know, some of those fans may be dressed as empty seats, but, uh, I, I would expect a big dip, uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, maybe not as massive as we're making it out to be, but now, it'll be now, now, well now. under, well under that 19,000 mark. Now we're talking about how many Toronto fans can fill in here just because they're on a road Yikes. trip, and that's uh, yeah, but it's it, it's it's bad. Okay, I mean, um, wasn't there wasn't there a Let's Go Red Wings chant at the UC on Sunday? I mean, we'll get yeah, a Let's Go Leafs chant at some point tomorrow, right? Yep, 
Uh, it's going to be bad. Okay. No. All right. So I have to go and ride with Tony here and his first uh, inclination here. As you know, um, if you've listened to Socks on Tap on the On Tap Sports Net podcast network, um, I am negative 90. I'm usually the don't get up for the letdown guy. That's where the meme started. But uh, as I'm going there, I need to suspend some uh, hope there. And one point that I mentioned earlier in this podcast so I can stay consistent uh, with my tone, um, gritty, uh, sort of dig deep type of guys, and that is Brandon Hagel, Mackenzie Entwistle, Adam Gaudet. Uh, I am thinking a 3-2 to two Blackhawks winner uh, in the Wednesday night game, and Tony and I will will that into fucking existence from Section 324. Um, as for the weekend, I think we drop in Carolina, and uh, I think we get a win over the Blues. Brandon Saad himself, we talked about us having COVID stuff. Uh, Blues got some COVID protocols going on, too. Brandon Saad, your guy is one of those, Ron. Um, I think we go to the Enterprise Center, and actually that might be our first route of the season. Might fucking kick the shit out of them. I, I like that, Johnny. I think I think uh, with that that's Saturday night, correct? Yeah, I think you lose Friday. So the Canes yeah, well, are loaded. Let's be if you're going to load that if you're going to load that lose in on Friday, Saturday we might be. I think we're going to watch that game together too. Yeah, and um, I. There was a Saturday night game that we were all together for at one of the first on tap live events, and yeah. it was the we didn't expect it because the Hawks were off to a rough start, but the Hawks just fucking kicked the shit out of the Predators down in their building. I have a vibe on a Saturday night like that was in October. It's going to happen here a couple of years in the future, uh, except against St. Louis instead of Nashville. So it'll be, it'll be even better when, when Torts is the coach too. Yeah. I just want to make Ron mad. I, yeah, we'll get into that another day. Now, again, boys, I, uh, Johnny, I guess I know what my Halloween costume is, and I, I'm dressing up as Negative Nani for Halloween because I'm going to continue to not get up for the letdown. Um, and I are you saying you're getting another three losses here? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I'm I'm fully expecting to walk into Sunday just feeling defeated as a Blackhawks fan, watching a uh, uh, an O. Uh, carry my one, an O eight and one mark through nine games. That's where I'm at, boys. I hope they oh, prove me wrong. So, I hope so they prove me we, wrong. We talked so much about it. Only way to go from up was here. I know that was a lot about a different sort of thing here, but I hope that would have bled at least a little bit. I'm not here. getting oh, my God. hopes up. There is nothing about this team right now that's getting my hopes up. Because you know what? At least if I set the bar low, a they can only go up from here. And B, the, I yeah, but now you've set it. now you've set such a low, 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 low okay. bar. I can't and, be disappointed. Yeah, though, if it's I kind of contradictory because you're following the never get up for the letdown, but you're also contradicting our only way to go is up. And like I said, I know oh, that was on, the only way to go was on up. a larger right. scale organizationally. And organizational, are you I, when but, when you say the, when you say the only way to go is up now? Are you trying to like say that like? They need to secure that one or two pick instead of having a larger Ooh, opportunity. It goes for... up on the draft boards. That's what yeah, that's, that's what it is. I'm trying to Perhaps. trying to figure him out right here. Perhaps. No, Ron's, think... Ron's top visited site from now until April is going to be tankathon.com. Book it. Good old Tankathon. I actually have never frequented Tankathon. Fun fact. No, I if if we're being completely realistic, I think tomorrow is going to be a hard game. I really do. I think Wednesday's a hard game for them to win just amid everything that happened. Um, I think, I actually think Friday is a good opportunity for them to play a good game. I don't think they're going to beat the Canes. I think the Canes are just too good, unfortunately. 
I think that's the time that they can finally kind of start to put things together for a, a chance to truly get it done uh, on Saturday against the Blues. You mentioned Blues off to a great start, but again, you know, we're, we're seeing teams around the league having to deal with COVID issues right now. I know Mark Stone out in Vegas is a perfect example of that. A huge player, arguably their best forward, uh, you know, missing because he's of it. Captain. Yeah, well, and he's hurting my fantasy team too. So, like, you know, I, I, I truly think, but again, it just it really comes down to who's who's without more COVID players because again, we're not sitting here talking about a fully stacked Blackhawks roster either. You're without two of your best players in Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, as well as really good role players like Henrik Borgstrom. You know. Can the DeBrinkets and the Docs of the world get the job done? Or because they're shorthanded, is that going to be a problem in these next three games? Well, I'm wearing the doctor's jersey tomorrow. First time this year. So, yeah, he will. He'll finally finish. He'll finally fucking finish. He's been getting chances. He's going to finally finish. Hey, guys. According to uh, Canescountry.com, Tavo Teravainen is back. You know, if you you want to continue. Did he ever go anywhere? If you you want to. If. If you want to continue the uh, the negative Nani stuff, Ron, like yeah. a, a nice Tavo Teravainen hat trick against well, the Blackhawks on Friday would be just like, oh, it's Andre Shnetchikov. That's way more likely option or Sebastian Ajo, in my opinion. Tavo's a good for them. I think, yeah, I think it's Sebastian Ajo with three assists from Tavo Teravainen. Yeah, yeah, with like a big play from Tavo on like two of those, like you know, like a nice, nice little, yeah. you know, deep that, sauce that, feed that leads to yeah. yeah, like a sauce feed cross ice pass yeah. that leads to some goals. Oh, yeah. they, they, just, oh they're like they'll be. That's why. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was just I, gonna say that that's people where... won't fucking remember Stan Bowman for getting rid of Tavo Teravine. They're gonna remember him for everything that we talked about today, and that's mm. yeah. Um, one last thing here that I just wanted to note for Blackhawks fans, um, as we saw on Sunday, Eric Gustafson and Ryan Carpenter were both in the protocol from Saturday, but that was either a false positive or a, you know, potential close contact that was deemed not whatever. I don't know the whole spiel of the NHL COVID protocols. There's like five different points to it, but whatever it was, those guys were able to come back. Obviously, Kane still sidelined because of that, but Gaudet, excuse me, not Gaudet, Borgstrom and Taves were placed in that today. So there is still a chance because there hasn't been any definitive status update on them that at least one, maybe both of them could be uh, in the mix tomorrow. We don't know for sure as we were recording this in the wee hours uh, bleeding in from Tuesday night to Wednesday morning, uh, Wednesday being the day of the game against Maple Leaf. So stay tuned at four feathers pod on Twitter. Uh, we'll retweet and post articles for any updates that come through um, guys. Final thoughts. Let's get the fuck out of here. Final thoughts. This was a, this was a rough podcast, um, especially the first hour of it. Um, a lot of things that we didn't want to have to ever talk about. A lot of things that we were confronted with. A lot of things that uh, a team that's near and dear to our hearts uh, are involved with that uh, I don't think any of us really support some of the decisions that were made uh, along the way. And, and that's hard to talk about. It's hard to rationalize. It's hard to figure out uh, where to go from here. Um, 
we went down a lot of paths. There's still a team that's on the ice that uh, Ron, you brought up at one point in this episode, and it, it, it kind of rings true here. A lot of guys on this team right now that uh, have been booed off the ice for their on-ice performance and um, haven't been able to perform now have the extra added pressure of everything that was revealed today. And there are serious ramifications for the people that uh, were involved in some of that stuff that uh, we're starting to see trickle through um, hockey and the NHL and, and, and just the way that uh, or not the way, but just how far that reaches. We talked about how it reaches fans. We talked about how it reaches players, people who are associated with the organization. There's so much, out there that is that is negative about the Blackhawks organization right now. And I think as a fan, Johnny, uh, us attending tomorrow, we talked about how odd it's going to be, how weird it is, how, how to go about this as a fan. I think my final thought here is I can only hope as a Blackhawks fan that things do get better that what Ron said, that there is positive change that comes from this, that there's an on ice product that gets better. I still want Jeremy Carlton fired. I would have rather spent the last hour and a half talking about how he's fucked up and, and, and whiteboard decisions. Um, there will be a time for that. There will be a time to do the, recap of what this team did early on that probably ends up costing them a spot in the playoffs. There will be a time to talk and dissect the on ice experience. Like we hit on a lot of things that are, are key, not only for hockey fans, Blackhawks fans, human beings tonight. Happy that we got to air some of our, our stuff out. And I'm appreciative of anybody who's still listening to this at this point in time you sat through what we had to talk about at the same time. We also talked about on ice things where we're going from here. There's a hockey game that takes place tomorrow. If you're listening to this after this, it's, you know, the, the game that Johnny and I are going to go to, we're going to take in as, as Blackhawks fans. There are, there are certain ramifications of, of what took place here. But there's also on-ice things where guys who are, are playing in the National Hockey League as their career have to go and perform for the Chicago Blackhawks in less than 24 hours. This is wide-ranging. The butterfly effect I talked about earlier, it hits a lot of levels. But as a fan, I just want to see this team win. I want to see this team take what happened here learn from it, grow from it, and institute positive change in the world. And I think that, as we said before, there is only one way to go from here, and it's up. And if it continues to stay down, then we have the discussion of how do you support this as an organization. Where I'm at right now as a fan, I'm hopeful that there is only one way to go from here, and that's up. And that's where I'm going to hope that the Blackhawks do that. I think you guys are probably somewhere near that same level of, of, of hope. 
I just want things to be better because this team gave me some of the best moments as a sports fan in my life. I'm very sad today. I don't want to feel that way anymore. I want to be happy. I want to be proud to be a Blackhawks fan. That shit meant something to me. One goal. I want to get back to that. It's a long road to get there. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And there's a lot of action that needs to be put behind words. I hope we can get there on multiple levels. It's final words from me. Just like going what Tony said, the only way to go is up and it's time to make some positive change. And that's where my head and my heart are with this organization. Yep. My parting words are thank you, the listener, the four feathers podcast listener. Uh, this was season three, episode four, the darkest days. Um, it was, it was tough. It, it was tough to rationalize that. So thank you for, um, you know, tuning in and, uh, bearing with us, uh, through this just, uh, very unconventional sort of whole setup of this podcast uh, that, that we went through tonight. And it's uh, odd. It's just, it was odd hosting this show uh, tonight. It's very, you know, as Ron said at the beginning, it's we're so used to cheers and beers and let's, you know, get after it and talk about this and that there were much more pressing matters at hand tonight. So thank you for staying through it. Uh, with us, and I hope you enjoyed some of the uh, analysis too uh, for the on ice stuff here because we're going to be here uh, through all that. Um, that's what we do, that's what we base the show on. Um, so we'll, we'll be here through it. Um, Tony and I are going to bring home a winner and some Maple Leafs. That's all I've got. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks.